Welcome to the St. Canard's Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Mike Russo, bringing another bonus episode your way. And uh, Will came up with an interesting idea recently. Uh, we both thought it would be really cool to pay tribute to the various Darkwing Duck voice actors and actresses who have left us over the years. There have been some really amazing people who worked on Darkwing who have passed on. And I think it would be nice if we just talk a little bit about them, some of the roles that we remember, and why they're special to us. And Will is busy, so he can't be a part of this episode. So I invited along my good friend, Bill Yudesky, to join me tonight. How's it going, Bill? Pretty good, Mike. Nice to be back again. Didn't think I was going to be back after my last uh, recording with you guys. But um, I'm glad to be uh, uh, back once again to cap off uh, a nice tribute to our favorite voice actors and before we get into that a really important anniversary is actually happening today depending on where you lived and what station you watched tv on today may or may not be the 30th anniversary of darkly dawns the ducks television premiere yes (laughs) <laughs> Bill, did you watch Darkwing on September 6th, or was it a different date? I watched it the uh, on on that Sunday night, and I remember it was a Sunday night because, um, uh, I, to my recollection, not only was the um, uh, the Darkly Dawns the Duck uh, premiere, uh, which followed the Mickey Mouse Club uh, Back to School special, Right uh, on, um, which was a great experience for me that whole uh, two-part episode. Um, but uh, I remember watching the, uh, the the music video that was created, and I remember that lead-in to the video where Darkwing was talking about, um, and here we are, the night before uh, the children of America go back to school, sort of, and he talks about, uh, you know. Uh, uh, saying that there's one more thing he must see or that that we must see and that's the world premiere of his video and it was exciting because you know i have this new character that i'm uh completely uh getting into and Mm. the 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 corny 90s but catchy rap video and i love that rap video i know i know but uh yeah it was it was a kind of it was like an event back then so for it to be 30 years later pretty much on the nose yeah uh, it's awesome I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure Darkly actually ever aired on the sixth, but I hear it did. Cause like you, I watched it on the eighth. I watched it on Sunday. I didn't catch the whole thing, but I did catch most of it. But for me, my first episode would have been that sinking feeling that aired on Saturday the seventh. Right. Um, but technically, if you want to get super technical on the sixth that Friday. They did preview the episode on TGIF. Ah. So that would have been where I first saw some of that episode. So for me, I guess the sixth was a pretty big day. Yes, for sure. So, <laughs> so Darkwing, it's your 30th birthday. Woohoo! Happy anniversary, yeah. DW. Happy birthday. It's Darkwing's birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. Um, <laughs> I kind of stole Donald Duck's uh, birthday theme. Um, but yeah, 30 years ago. Oh my God. I feel so yes. old. Seriously. 
I can't believe it's been that long since Darkwing has been a thing. Like, yeah, I can't believe uh, three quarters of my life has been spent loving Darkwing Duck. Yeah, that basically means that, uh, uh, I mean, I don't even want to get into my age just from hearing that. But wow, whew, that's, uh, that's, a while, that's a long time. <laughs> and it's, it's been a decent year for Darkwing fans. Um, we got some, we got some decent merchandise either already has come out or is going to come out. Um, you know, much better than we did last year. I, I think we might have done better if it wasn't for COVID, but Disney just isn't big on celebrating these shows to any serious extent. Uh-huh. So I'm happy we get what we do get. You know, the Q figure, that Beast Kingdom thing that's still not out and probably won't be out till next year. The Disney um, after, uh, Disney Adventures Disney Afternoon uh, uh, comic that just came out that was fantastic. Uh, the Shop Disney pin, uh, the limited yeah. edition pin that came out. So we had a few things: the Funko Verse um, attachment set. We never got those books that we were supposed to get. No, that's I. I don't even know if either of them are coming out at this point. I have to talk to Tim Van Hall. I haven't heard much about his book and. The Disney approved one that was supposed to come out to promote DuckTales, honestly. And now that that show's been over for months, if they cancel that book entirely, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, And, you know, we're still waiting on our finished DVD sets, but (laughs) which we're never going to (laughs) get. Fingers crossed. But, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm just glad that they're all, for the most part, available on Disney Plus. So that's that's a good thing. All but one, unless you live in Malaysia, apparently. Yeah, well, well, there you go. (laughs) So, okay, moving right along. um, (laughs) We are going to be talking about several voice actors and actresses, which are are no longer with us, who have voiced many different characters on Darkwing Duck and beyond. But we picked um, six in particular who voice characters on the show that we want to talk a bit about. Um, So first, number one, is uh, Hamilton Camp. Bill, who is Hamilton Camp? Well, for all you Darkwing and in general Disney Afternoon fans, Hamilton Camp is the voice of Fenton Crackshell, a.k.a. Gizmo Duck. That's what I know him for the most. There is really no denying that. Like, for me, Hamilton Camp is Fenton Crackshell. Um... Camp was born in 1934. Um, he's the oldest person we are talking about tonight. Um, but I would say Camp had a very distinctive voice that no matter who he voiced on anything he was on, you can always tell it was him. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite Camp voice? Would it have been Fenton? It would have been Fenton. Um I'm trying to think of some of his other uh, voices. He had done so many uh, random appearances in, in uh, several of the uh, Disney Afternoon shows. Yeah. I know he was featured in uh, probably almost every one. Um, I know he was in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. He was definitely on Bonkers. Um, yes, he was a couple of villains on Bonkers. Yeah, yeah a couple of villains. Yeah. Uh, Goof Troop, he definitely voiced a, a couple of the incidental characters. I think maybe like a uh, a mayor here or there. He always seemed to have like, I feel like Fenton's or excuse me, Hamilton Camp's voice 
was uh, could be split into two. He had a very, very distinct uh, uh, low voice, but then he had that that kind of airy and flowy and almost uh, uh, rustic sounding voice, like, uh, you know, very um, old West type of voice, if you want to call it that. <laughs> well, anytime his characters got angry and started screaming, you knew immediately that was camp. Because he yeah. had a he had a default sound to his voice mm-hmm. that when the that you always knew it was him. I, I know he was on Tailspin too. Yeah, wasn't he Seymour from the Whale episode? Yes, I, I remember that. He and he, uh, I guess, uh, Kit would always uh, coax Seymour into saying, or it, it coax, uh, yeah, Seymour into saying that. Um, what was the whale's name? I can't think of. Uh, Moby Dimple. Uh, Moby Dimple. He would say, you know, Moby Dimple's so uncomfortable in there. And he likes it. <laughs> he likes it cozy. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's how he, that's how Camp talked to a lot of these characters. Yeah, yeah. Where's he was, my whale? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that, that was great. He was, uh, I think he was in a couple other um, non-Disney Afternoon uh, shows like um, uh, Tiny Toons. He was, uh, uh, there was the the flea family, and I think he was uh, like the Scottish oh, flea. Those flea episodes, oh my! <laughs> that's them trying to repeat American Tale. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> I can't watch every episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. The the good ones are fantastic. The bad ones are really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was all over the place. But what I loved about um, Fenton and Gizmo Duck. It's the same voice actor and the same character, but he came up with two very distinct voices that despite that, there is a vocal connection there. You could still hear. Uh-huh. You could still hear Fenton and Gizmoduck, even though even though the voices are somewhat different. And I've always loved that. Right. And uh Fenton just had such a unique sound compared to the rest of the DuckTales cast. And I just remember when Super DuckTales first aired and the very first time I heard Fenton just thinking this is such a loony character compared to DuckTales, so compared to everybody else on this show. Yes. And then when he gets in the suit and he's talking like Gizmo Duck, it's just it's just such a great vocal performance. I, I always loved it so much. <laughs> I will I will always say that one of my favorite performances of uh as Hamilton as Gizmo Duck slash Benton is that part in the Super DuckTales uh, uh, um, five-parter that um, he's battling that robot that was guarding the money bin and he's just going back and forth and talking to himself. He'd be like uh, complaining and both trying to, uh, uh, I guess, push himself on saying, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. Oh, he he was fighting the GICU too. GICU too. That was it. Yeah, exactly. I see you too, GICU yeah. too. <laughs> you wouldn't hit a lady with glasses, would you? <laughs> yeah, and um, like in the episode, um, a case of mistaken secret identity when he when he wants to tell the nephews who he is, and he's like, "No, I can't tell you, but I must." Gizmoduck happens to be. No, I can't tell you, and they're like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> I will say that um, to kind of quote what Hank Azaria said in a documentary I've watched recently, um, if you have a voice actor that's doing an impression, like doing that character, doing an impression of somebody else, 
that makes a good uh, voice actor. And that's exactly what I think Camp was doing for Fenton because Fenton was creating a voice for himself that's not himself. So I, I found that to be just so so uh fun i i enjoyed it thoroughly but uh yeah it really like amps ducktales up completely camp, and then yeah camp took yeah. over the show just based on that voice mm-hmm. like when you look at fenton there's not too much to him he's just donald duck in a, a tacky suit but yes. the voice just brings him i mean they gave him alliterations to say just all sorts of wacky nonsense and he's like there's a first 65 DuckTales episodes, and there's a Hamilton Camp show, basically. DuckTales turns into the Hamilton Camp show towards the end. And yeah. I love it. I love it so much for that. I mean, I, I love what Lin-Manuel Miranda did on the new DuckTales, but he was no Hamilton Camp. Right, right. So but moving on. <laughs> what, what? I'm sorry, Bill, what? But he did write Hamilton. Oh, was it Campy? Uh, ah, yeah. All right, moving on. Next, we have Kenneth Mars, uh, who was born in 1935. So just a year younger than Camp. Um, we all know what Kenneth Mars sounds like. He's got that deep, powerful voice when he needs it. Um, of course, on Darkwing Duck, Bill, who did he voice? Uh, he was uh, the uh, actor slash director uh in, extraordinaire Toscanini. I am not Toscanini, and this is an excellent disguise. <laughs> um, action. I've grown to appreciate this character a little bit more as I've gotten older. Um, I don't think he was in all the best episodes, but I think the character it's himself is fine. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always enjoyed, you know, the Toscanini uh, character throughout the show and you know uh, Mars's uh, portrayal of him uh, was fun quirky uh, it, it had its ups and downs but I mean that was that was the sound I think that they were trying to look for you know this very you know distinguished uh, larger than life uh, character and uh, like with with Mars he's got this baritone voice that can really like you know, go up at times, and uh, you know, again, that was like a, a, a bit of a roller coaster sometimes. You know, trying to follow along with him, but his pronunciation uh, of everything was just great. And whenever he got, he went from fun and quirky to angry real, real quickly. And uh, that's that was one of the things I enjoyed about that voice that he brought. Uh, yeah, I, and I think Tuscanini is a character who basically lives and dies on that voice. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite Tuscanini line of all time would have been when Darkwing Launchpad and Goslin of the Mad Duck Mallard gang and Drake says they're going to steal a jillion dollars a zillion dollars and um, Tuscanini goes well you see I'm a reformed criminal and how much did you say and Drake goes one zillion dollars and Tuscanini says not that reformed. <laughs> it's so great. But you, honestly, if you're a Disney fan in general, I think you know Mars best as King Triton. Yeah, I I remember being a kid. And again, like this is just the type of stuff I, I found interesting as a kid was pinpointing voices that I knew sounded a lot alike and 
right away I made that correlation very early. I uh, I was like, oh, this is this is Ariel's father, um, and the voice wasn't too far off, but it was it was definitely more grounded for Triton because you can't have a bombastic character, you know, being you know serious like that. Um, so that's why you know that that timbre was you know brought down some and it, and it's and it's soothing is king triton when he's not yelling that is but ariel <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> yeah we um, are a big mermaid household my wife and my daughter love that movie it's my wife's all-time favorite movie so that, uh it's a good one. Yes. it was the renaissance uh, uh starter so you know absolutely and uh mars also did uh, triton on the tv show and the first sequel mm-hmm. um of course, you being the Tailspin fan you are, he was on that show. Uh, Heimlich Menudo. Heimlich Menudo. That was Val Play. Yes. Um, for our friend, our friends who might not know Tailspin as well, that's the skywriting episode. Yes. Uh, that one's a really funny episode. Um, <laughs> and he's good in that one. But definitely yep. overacts a lot more. And. Maybe that's maybe that's when they're like, this guy's great. We got to give him a Darkwing character. Um, <laughs> it's a shame that they didn't uh, expand upon that because I feel like that could have been kind of like a Darkwing villain, a Darkwing style villain for you know the the setting of Tailspin. But you know, I guess a one time role was all, all that he could get. Uh, he was also Vulcan in the Ducktales Valentine special, right? And um, yeah, he just he's all over the place. Um, you said he was. Um, what movie did you say he had a great live action role in? So he was uh, the um, he yeah he was uh, the police inspector um, Hans uh, Frederick Kemp in Young Frankenstein, Mel Brooks classic, and he was uh, oh, he was just so fantastic as that character um, with the I guess the wooden mechanical arm that he had to force in place and um, and his his dialect would be so heavily, I guess, Eastern European that people couldn't completely understand him. And it just made it so funny and he'd have to correct himself. <laughs> I, um, I remember I used to watch Malcolm in the middle and he showed up towards the end of his life on that show. Uh-huh. And I didn't know who it was until he started talking. And I remember thinking, whoa, this guy sounds really familiar. And then I realized it was um, I realized it was him. It sounded just like Triton. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kenny Mars, uh, he died in 2011. I know I didn't mention Camp. Camp died in 2005. He was only 70. He probably could have hung on there a little bit longer. But poor Kenneth Mars had pancreatic cancer. Um, and we know that's rough. Yeah. Um, and apparent, you know, apparently that made him sick for a very long time toward the ends of his life. He couldn't, he he couldn't voice Triton in the third Little Mermaid movie. He was just too sick to do it. Mm-hmm. But that one came out, I think, in 2006. So you see how long he was sick with this. Right, um, right. Always hard to lose him, but it's even harder when it's something like this. Yeah, but he he certainly uh, left behind a, a, a great legacy. And, and no, not just Disney. He was um he played a he played a version of Beethoven on Animaniacs, who thinking <laughs> I didn't realize it was him then, but I definitely hear it now. He was the villain in We're Back a Dinosaur Story. Have you seen that train wreck? I have, and I I think I 
I, I remember at the time I thought it was such a great thing. I don't know why. Um, but I'm sure John Goodman and Yardley Smith wanted to fire their agents after that one. Yeah, yeah, but maybe I was just, uh, I guess, blinded by the uh, uh, the whole uh, the, the animation was wasn't that it was uh, very good. Very yeah, good. but wasn't wasn't that a Don Bluth production? I, I, no, I think that was um, was it Warner's? No, I don't even know who made this one. It might have been Amblin. Amblin without without oh. Bluth though. Bluth wasn't involved with that. Right, right. But it looks very similar though. Yeah, well, that was back in the early '90s when they had the cash to burn with that kind of animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, moving on from Ken Mars, now we have an even bigger Darkwing villain. Maybe not physically, but um, Tino Insana. Am I saying it right? Insania, Insana? I think it's Insana. Uh, if there was a tilde on the end, maybe it would be Insania, but I think it is Insana, yeah. So Tino was born in 1948 and of root man. Like, I know Dan and Michael Bell get a lot of attention for Megavolt and Quackerjack, but... There's just something about Tino's voice. And that's just his voice. All his characters sound like this. He's right. a voice actor. If a character walks on screen and talks like that, you know it's Tino. And Bushrew just had this great voice. It's, like, so distinctive. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, what do you think of What do you think of Bushrew? Me and you haven't talked about Bushrew much, have we? No, I haven't. And I mean, I, it's funny because I, I always appreciated Bushroot. He had a lot of good uh, uh, episodes in, throughout the series. Um, and he was a character that, you know, I guess I guess up until now when when uh, I mean, especially if you've watched the the new DuckTales incarnation, you begin to realize that, you know, Bush Bushroot has always been that character that even though he's a villain, he is the one that, uh, you know, is misunderstood. And I think having Tino in that original role, you know, Tino just had this softness to his voice where, I mean, he could be threatening, but he was like kind of just a, a, a warming fellow. Um, uh, and they made him sound wimpy without going for a stereotypical wimp voice. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like- I mean, he he could he was nervous and he was very he was timid, mm-hmm. but they could have gone in a really bland direction with it. But there's a warmth to the voice. You're right, there definitely yes. is. And I think that's probably why they chose him because you know, they probably were keeping in mind uh, a particular actor, a very well known actor who he shares a uh, a similar voice uh, a, a sound to, and that was John Candy. And I mean. You know, John Candy, he was just, you know, uh, that lovable big guy. You know, you, you felt, uh, you know, safe and, and secure with him. But, uh, yeah, that's I feel like that's probably one of the reasons they, they cast uh, Atino, because he did have that John Candy sound. Well, well I'm going to mention a bunch of characters he voiced. And there's a lot. A lot of them have one thing in common that Bushroot doesn't have. A lot of his characters are big guys. But yes. Bushroot is not. And I don't know, Bushroot's voice is just so distinctive. Like, you hear it, and you just, you love it. Um, <laughs> what Where I first heard Tino, before Darkwing Duck, was on Bobby's World. 
I remember that too. That was a great show. <laughs> and just Uncle Ted, man, like he'd walk into the room and go, hey, hey, Bobbo. And it was just like, ah, uh, you know, and, then, and when you get older, you realize that's Bushroot's voice. Yeah. And yeah. I can see the John Candy influence there. That's exactly makes total sense when you mentioned John Candy. John Candy could have played that role. Right. And, uh, you know, that was a fun show. I miss Bobby's World. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Who wants a nookie? Yeah, right. Um, other some other Disney characters he played. I'm going to mention this one. It's very obscure and minor, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Uh-huh. He played, um, and there's a reason, he played a villain on Bonkers. Uh, it was a really big, dumb bull named Stu. I'm mentioning him because his boss was a chicken named Chick, who was voiced by Chick Venera who just oh. passed away. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to single him out in this episode because it's, it's, he, he's Johnny T-Rex on Darkwing. We haven't even gotten to that episode yet. Um, cause it, Wasn't he uh, one of the uh, uh, pigeons, uh, the good Pesto. feathers? That's yeah, it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mentioning his role in that episode because it gives me an excuse to mention Chick Venera, who yes. a month ago passed away. And luckily, there's a podcast to listen to. I'll plug it. The Animaniacast. They were able to get Chick Venera, Maurice LaMarche, and John Mariano together a couple of years ago for a Good Feathers reunion. Oh, that would have been fantastic. Right before COVID. If they hadn't done that, they never would have done it. Because now that Chick's gone. Um, yeah. So that's why I mentioned the Bonkers episode. He did, he did a bunch of villains on Bonkers. Um, and he was... Um, he was a reoccurring character on Aladdin named Prince Uncouthma. Remember mm-hmm. him? Uh, yes. Barbarian. Very but yeah, yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that character being uh, a little obnoxious. But um, I, I think they used him at least in two different episodes. They used him four times, and he was only oh. worth it for one time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him, but it's like Dis- when Disney found a voice actor they liked – like a, like a utility one, not a main voice actor. They used him a lot. Like Camp, Kenneth Mars, Tino and Sonya, constantly they would use these people. Right. Like another example would be Brad Garrett. Like yes. he first showed up in a Goof Troop episode, and he's like in every other Bonkers episode. <laughs> and it's just Disney definitely knew how to get the most from these actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And Tino kept working up, up until the very end. Uh, he played the character Pig in the Barnyard show from Nickelodeon. And he was Mr. Grouper on Bubble Guppies, which I'm familiar with because it was one of the very first shows my daughter was obsessed with. <laughs> and I remember we, we would watch it with her on Nick Jr. And I would say to my wife, I think that's Bushroot. Because he would come in and he'd go, hey, kids, let's go outside in Bushroot's voice. <laughs> that had to be uh, uh, revolutionary. Gotten, the voice had gotten older because Tino was suffering from cancer. But um, it was nice to hear him up until the very end. Uh, he died in 2017. He was 69. And yeah, it was cancer. So, you know, it would be... would. Just he just didn't live long enough to show up at all these conventions, all these Darkwing people, you know. I wonder if he would have done it if he was still alive. I feel like he would have. I uh, seem like he was uh, quite a uh, just a 
fun uh, fellow. And I believe, um, I don't think you can see him too uh, too much, but in the one video that Tad Stones uh, posted of the, it was the uh, uh, Justice, uh, yes. Justice Justice Ducks um, recording, and you hear him several times. I think the line where he's like, I hope we don't run into any policemen. And the policeman's yeah. like, Bushroot. He's like, policeman. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody's in that except Terry and uh, Hamilton Camp. Mm. No, not Hamilton Camp. Terry and Michael Bell are the only oh, ones. Because yeah. Terry always recorded um, somewhere else. He never recorded with the cast. He right. recorded with the cast of DuckTales. But when Darkman came along, he didn't record with the cast. Um. But yeah, you can see briefly, you can see Tino in that in that video, along with Hamilton Camp. If I can find it, I'll post it up on the St. Canard Files Facebook group. Okay, now we're getting into some sad ones. Um, these are really upsetting. Um, if we have fans who this kind of thing upsets them, um, we're okay if you guys tune out. But we're talking about Dana Hill now, and this one is really upsetting. Uh, she was born in 64. When she passed, she was only 32 years old. Um, Dana Hill suffered from diabetes her entire life. Like she had childhood diabetes that made her appear younger than she actually was. Um, in 96, she slipped into a diabetic coma and she suffered a stroke, which killed her. Again, the girl was only 32. Um, she voiced the main character we know, of course, as Darkwing fan. She was Tank. But the, her big her big Disney role, and I think her biggest voiceover role, obviously, was... Do you know who I'm talking about, Bill? That'd be Max. Max from uh, the Goof Troop. Yep, and it's a shame that Max is a character. I think the Goofy movie version has totally eclipsed the Goof Troop version. And I feel like if Dana Hill was still alive, she'd probably still be showing up to like, she'd probably be going to conventions with Bill Farmer and Rob Paulson and Jim. Uh I think she'd be doing, because she'd only be in her 60s, not even. And it's just a shame that her version of Max doesn't get the love I think it deserves because Goof Troop isn't as popular as Goofy Movie. Um, Other voices she did, she did um, Buddy Gummy, one of the later additions to the Gummy Bears. Um, remember the remember the Tom and Jerry movie, the original Tom and Jerry movie. I mean, it it's been a while, but I I do recall uh, seeing it a long time I mean, ago. We've, we've all seen it, the terrible one where they talk. Um, she was Jerry. Honestly, she has this really distinctive voice. If Jerry had to have a voice, I was kind of glad it was Dana. And she was also one half of Duckman's two-headed son. From the show Duckman. Did you ever watch Duckman? I loved Duckman. I, I probably, I think at the time it was like one of those cartoons that I don't think was on my uh, my, my parents' radar because they told me I couldn't watch certain car- cartoons because they were adult oriented. But I feel like that one kind Duck of Duckman was very adult. That was definitely adult, and I was I was <laughs> surprised I I managed to be able to watch it. But yes, I do remember that show. Uh, uh, yeah, the two-headed son, Charles and Mambo. Yeah, yeah. And Dana was one of the heads. And that was Jason Alexander as Duckman. Yep. He was great in that role. I, I haven't seen Duckman in probably 25 years. I should give that another watch. Um, if we have younger fans who prefer the Disney stuff, this is not the show for you. 
but um, it definitely was a really entertaining. What what channel did it air on? USA. Uh, at least where I was watching it, I believe it was Comedy Central. Ah, uh, um, that might have been the reruns. Yeah, maybe maybe it was the rerun. So yes, maybe you're right. Maybe it was either USA or even. Uh, I, actually, now that I think about it, it might have been on HBO at a time. Maybe. Um, but you know, Dana was tank and Dana had just, again, like a lot of these guys, a very distinctive voice, her little kid voice. You can't miss it. It had just this squeaky little kid nature to it that just felt so natural. Yep. And I mean, it's, it was, it's funny how tank and max are like very different characters, but the voice is about the same. I think all that, uh, Dana did was just lift the register from Tank because, you know, obviously Tank, uh, she was playing Tank, you know, at a lower. Uh, uh, Hi, honk. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. But there, but were, there, times was, there were times where Tank actually sounded like Max and vice versa. There was an episode of Toys R, Toys R Us when um, Quacker Jack gives him the, um, the mini chainsaw and Tank goes, cool, lead the way. He sounds just like Max. <laughs> Or in the episode Comic Book Capers, whenever uh, Honker had to, uh, uh, I guess, sneak out of the house to go to the uh, museum. and Oh, oh, that, oh no, no, no. Um, Brush with Oblivion. Oh, I'm sorry. Brush with Oblivion. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, he'd say, sure, sure, pal, I'll help you. You know, and he was talking. What are Big Brothers similar. for? Yeah, exactly. Sounded very much like Max. But um, Mom, Dad, Honker <laughs> ran away. Yep. And, and then she. She had that similar voice in uh, not another non-Disney property, um, the Jetsons movie. Uh, uh, she was um, Teddy, too. We keep mentioning these terrible 80s and 90s films. <laughs> Jetsons, the, the movie, time, is not good. <laughs> at the time, though, I mean, at least the age I was. At the time, though, I was, like, you know, floored by some of these movies, especially that that one. because That's of the, the movie where CG. they had Janet... That's the movie where they had Janet Waldo do all of Judy Jet um Judy Jetson's voice, and then they redubbed her with Tiffany. Yeah, and totally screwed her over. Like that was not cool. Right. Yeah. So that's that one Tom and Jerry movie. We're back a dinosaur story. The garbage we watched as kids, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But it still entertained it us. And it would be a shame that Tank was written out of Darkwing Duck so early if Dana wasn't already doing Max by then. She yes. clearly jumped right from Darkwing to Goof Troop. Mm-hmm. I like I like Max. I think that I mean I I think I prefer the Goofy movie version of him because he's a lot more nuanced. But she was fun on Goof Troop. Yes, for sure. And I I think uh, uh, Dana certainly brought such a, a, a just a, an attitude to that role and. I thought uh, she was she was definitely a uh, one in a million. And uh, I wonder what she'd be doing if she was still alive. I bet she'd still be. I bet she'd still be acting. Yep, for sure. I mean, it's it's a shame. Whenever a lot of, a lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. She, she still had a, so much of a career left to go. Um, situation with our next person's a little bit different. But um, now we're talking about the big one when it comes to Darkwing Duck. Um, we're talking about Christine Cavanaugh, Goslin Mallard herself. Um, yes. Born in 1963. 
obviously Goslin. Like, what a voice, Bill. <laughs> Goslin, Christine had this great voice to her that nobody had. Yeah. Yeah, and, she did. And just Goslin could sound cute. Goslin could sound a complete psycho. Goslin could sound angry. Goslin was just this perfect character that her voice was just amazing for this role. And Definitely. Just Goslin has just all this great dialogue that works because of who Christine was. She gave she gave Goslin so much life where if they had chosen the wrong actress for that role, it just wouldn't have worked. No. And I completely agree. I, I feel like you needed somebody with that style of voice. Um, and, and not to say that there weren't other actresses out there that had voices like that. Like, um, you know, maybe E.G. Daly or, um, you know, uh, Cheryl Chase, which is interesting because both both of those uh, wonderful talents uh, were with her on a show that she also participated in. We'll mention that one. Yeah. So soon enough, but yes, in, in Darkwing as Goslin, she, she had a way of bringing a spirit to that role. And it was interesting because I'm, I'm going to point out that there are so many times where Christine adds these uh, extra syllables or, you know, consonants uh, to words like, you know, in the uh, uh, portion of uh, Darkwing Dawn's The Duck, I'm thinking of right now, whenever Darkwing first picks her up and saves her, you know, and he says, uh, you know, have no fear, little one, Darkwing Ducks, Darkwing Duck has you now. And and he says, I'm not one of the bad guys. And she's punching him. And she says, yeah, right. With a mask or, you know, something like that. I can't do it justice. But, yeah, she, well, she adds these, these extra syllables to, to it, and it's just fantastic. And Christine had a way of taking corny, like, dialogue and just making it work. Like, any other actress screaming King Gear all the time would have been <laughs> like, oh, my God, stop saying that. But the way she does it was so much emotions she's real like goslin feels so real because that is not see i've grown not tired but i've grown kind of indifferent towards eg daly's little kid voice because i've been hearing it for 30 years and i'm kind of over it Mm -hmm. um the same thing with like pamela adlon and girls like that who are doing so many other shows cats even as much as i like cat susie she's been doing the same little kid voice for 30 years Christine didn't have a chance to do this voice for 30 years. So it seems very unique to just that one era of these cartoons. And I haven't grown tired of her voice because it wasn't in everything for that long. And Goslin just stands out. She's amazing. Uh But it's also all her characters are so different. I mean, let's let's get to the let's get to the, the big one, though, as much as we love Goslin. That was one short show. Chucky on Rugrats. Yes. (laughs) That's, I think, her most iconic character. I don't think it's her best character, because I do think Goslin's better. But, because Chucky was just a nasally little kid. Mm. But that's the character I think she's always going to be remembered for. And she did him the longest out out of every other character. I mean, she was doing him for almost a decade. And um, did you watch Rugrats? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember 
I, I probably watched Rugrats for at least the first three or four years that it had come out. Um, I think my interest in that might have tapered off a little bit when the show kind of had a more polished look. I, I kind of like the raw. I liked Rug- yeah, I liked Rugrats when it was raw and rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, like that first season where everything looked hideous <laughs> is when I think it really worked. I mean, yes. I, honestly, I watched Rugrats and Doug mainly because I was killing time before Ren and Stimpy and yeah. Rocco's Modern and Rocco's Modern Life because that was my jam. I wasn't watching Rugrats when I was 14 just because I wanted to. Uh, um, I appreciate the show, though, because, again, you said Cheryl Chase was in it. She was Angelica. Cat mm-hmm. Susie was the twins. Um, E.G. Daly was Tommy. I mean, amazing. Cree Summer with Susie. And well, Michael Bell was on the show, too. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> amazing group of people. And I think almost all of them, except Cheryl Chase, showed up on Darkwing at some point. Um, that's true. So, so the other voice she did, which I loved. And it was a voice that was just straight out funny. She wasn't meant to do anything but be funny. Was Dexter on Dexter's Lab. Yes. <laughs> I loved her on Dexter's Lab. Like, she was just fantastic. Because all she was, all she had to do was just scream and be annoyed. In that bizarre, like, fake German accent. Yeah. I feel like she, she made, she kind of twisted uh, her, like, you know, the accent that she made uh, or created for Dexter was kind of in the same way that Jim uh, blended up some accents to make Don Carnage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Cause you can't a hundred percent tell what Don Carnage is, what he's supposed to be. Same thing with Dexter. Like what part of Europe is that voice from? <laughs> like it's DT get out of my laboratory. Like, what is that? Uh-huh. But yep. she was funny. She was funny as Dexter. Like th- that show, like I watched that religiously in college. That show went through a period where it was just hilarious, every single cartoon. And a lot of that just comes from Christine screaming at Dee Dee all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another show with a great cast, Rob Paulson, J- Jeff Bennett. I Jeff think Cat Susie was, was, was on that one too. She was a mom. Eddie Deason. Eddie Deason. Um, Frank Welker, That's a great cast, like 90s shows, man, they had all the best casts. Um, so Christine was Dexter, she was Chucky, she was Goslin, she was on The Critic, she was Marty Sherman, Jay's son, um, Oblina from Real Monsters. A lot of Nothing. people, a lot of people remember her as Babe the Pig, too. Yeah, that was a big movie when I was a kid. Uh, I mean, I remember going to see that at the drive-in, and I remember, you know, that the, the parking lot was packed with people, and I, it was such a, it was such a, uh, at this point now, like I don't know about people uh, younger than me, but I mean, I feel like uh, it was cherished uh, that film, and there was a sweetness to the character, the babe that she created. I feel like, you know, if it wasn't for her voice, it probably wouldn't have. Uh, the babe probably wouldn't wouldn't have gotten the uh, uh, notoriety it, it, it has received over the years. I mean, it's still referenced here and there too. But uh, yeah, she she definitely created that um, that sound of, of babe. And this is where this deviates from everybody else. 
Very randomly and very mysteriously in 2001, Christine just retired. Mm. Like, she's retired. I remember one day the new, the, the new, uh, the, basically Dexter, Dexter's lab was like soft rebooted for a third season. Um, and then Christine started off as Dexter for a few cartoons and then she disappeared. And they pulled in Candy Milo, who, another Darkwing connection, she was Lamont from Paradox. Um, everybody connects to Darkwing sooner or later. And she was gone. She retired. Yeah. No, And nobody really knows why. She, her, she became very secretive. I, I, I've heard things, but I don't really want to talk about it. Um, but she lived until 2014. She was in retirement for 13 years, not voice acting. And then one day we heard she passed away. And she yeah. was 51. And again, her death was not, the cause of death was not disclosed. Really, really weird. Um, and we are much worse off without her. Yeah, it's it's quite sad, too, uh, because, you know, she was she was so sweet, um, not just from uh, from what we know her from uh, voice acting. But um, I was also going to bring up the fact that, you know, she did play a lot of, uh, you know, um, random characters, uh, just small bit parts in, in, in live action roles as well. But the one that stands out to me she had guest appearances, which turned into a re reoccurring thing uh, oh. in a Nickelodeon show called Salute Your Shorts. And she played uh, the eventual girlfriend of Ugg the Counselor. She played Mona. And I just thought she was just so sweet and quirky in that show. And I, I, I recognized her voice right away. But when I you know, finally saw her on screen, because I think that's the first time I'd ever seen her, I was like, oh my gosh, she's such a, she's such a sweet, you know, uh, yeah. person, you know, you just, she just had this infectious smile and I just yeah. absolutely loved it. When the Nicktoons would end on Saturdays and Sundays, I would just leave Nickelodeon on all day. So I did see Salute Your Shorts. And I remember the, when she showed up on the show and I heard the voice, I'm like, that's Goslin. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that's Goslin. I had mm -hmm. no idea. Like it, to me, like voice actors didn't make live action appearances. Like I didn't connect that. Um, but now I know they did it all the time. Um, so yeah. Um, and the saddest part is we have Jim, Katie, and Terry doing all these conventions now, and I feel like there's a gap. Someone should be there who's not there. And I feel like it's like the always the elephant in the room when all of them get together. Like. Goslin's missing. And it's a real, it's really, it's, it's a shame. And when you talk to some of them, like we talked to Katie Lee a few times, and whenever she mentions Christine, it's with so much love. And you can also hear the pain in her voice to have lost her. Right. It's, 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 it's sad. And, uh, you know, um, it's just sad to lose anybody, really. It's this. Nobody lives forever, but when they when they go as young as Christine and Dana did, like you feel it. You know, when you hear the characters now, you laugh, but you're also like, man, I love this voice. I love these people, and you know, this shouldn't happen. Uh -huh. um, but anyway, we're gonna do one more, 
we're going to make this one quick. We don't have too much time, but I did want to mention this person. Only played one role in one Darkwing episode, but I do want to mention Lorenzo Music because this guy was a this guy was a, a legend and he played several Disney Afternoon characters. So I kind of feel like it's let's just mention him quick. Um Lorenzo Music was born in 37. Who was he who was he most famous for, Bill? Uh, well, I mean, he, he was famous for doing Garfield the Cat. And he did Garfield the Cat for uh, 20, 30 years? Yeah. No, that's more like 20, 20 some odd years, like 25 years. Yeah, maybe 20, um, 25, yeah. But it's like, I grew up with Garfield and just that cynical, sarcastic voice coming out of that cat. They've tried to replicate Lorenzo's performance. Bill Murray has done it. Frank Welker has done it. They might as well just retire Garfield because without Lorenzo music, this character has gone to pot. <laughs> and he's just got this voice that can be sarcastic and cynical, like I said, or sweet and tender. He voiced characters on these Disney afternoon shows that were just these lovable guys that you just adored. Tummy Gummy, like the most sincere, sweetest character on that show. Yep. Like, you didn't want bad things to happen to Tummy Gummy. No, uh, no. There but... was the episode where he was slowly turning into a tree. You remember, <laughs> have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, that was great. And then the one where he uh, gained, like, quick speed because everybody said he was slow. Um, I think, wasn't that a spell cast by Zummy or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, faster than a speeding tummy, I think the episode was called. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad I marathoned that episode last year. Now I can actually say I've seen it all and I can appreciate it. Um, he was also Sergeant Dunder. Mm -hmm. Dunder! <laughs> Sorry, Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just a big guy who is just really sweet. Um, yep. Acting off a complete lunatic. He was fun. And he was also, he, of course, on Darkwing, he was that pacifist spider. Not a great character, not a great role, not a great episode, but I just wanted an excuse to talk about Lorenzo music. Um, the spider's fine. Sounds like Garfield with a head cold. I feel um, like it was it was a cross between Tummy and, and Dunder a little bit, but he was very, very um, uh, infantile, too. Uh, that, we could, that we could hurt someone, Mr. Moliarty. And Moliarty's like, <laughs> like, of course we're going to hurt somebody. Um and also, Lorenzo Music voiced one of the Fluffy Dogs. So just my, you know, gotta mention the Fluffy Dogs. Just educate people on this obscure Disney trivia. Uh -huh. um, but anyway, Lorenzo Music, I think he passed away sooner than he should have. Not as soon as the girls did, but he died in 2001 from lung and bone cancer. He was only 64. He probably could have kept going. Um, I don't know if he would have made it to 2021, but... It was still a big shame to see him go. Uh, he was one of the early ones, considering when everybody else passed away. It was one of the earlier earlier passings for sure. And like I said, Garfield's never been the same. But it's just, it's, it's just sad to lose some of the old guard. It makes you wonder how much time a lot of the rest of them have left. Knock on wood, they'll be here for a long time. True. Uh, True. But before we wrap up, I'm just going to go down a list of a bunch of other Disney afternoon voice actors and actresses we have lost. Um, that includes Bill Scott, who voiced uh, the original voice of Gruffy Gummy, uh, June Foray, of course, the legendary June Foray. She was Ma Beagle, uh, 
Grammy Gummy and Magica. And of course, and all the old Warner Brothers stuff too. Paul Winchell was Zummy Gummy and Tigger. We got Alan Young, iconic Alan Young, like the, the only Scrooge McDuck in my heart, really. Uh, yeah. Chuck McCann, uh, Burger Beagle, Bouncer Beagle, Dump Truck, bunch of other characters. It's One of those utility guys. Yeah, he was also the dream finder in the uh, Epcot ride, uh, Journey into Imagination. He had such a great, yeah, he has such a yeah. great jolly voice. Always yes. loved him. Uh, <laughs> Rusey Taylor, oh, Rusey Taylor, uh, Minnie Mouse, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, uh, Webigail. Um, she was married to Wayne Allwine, the voice of Mickey Mouse. Uh, they're both together now again. Um, very sad, but at least they're together. Uh, Joan Gerber. Uh, Mrs. Beakley, Hal Smith, uh, Owl, uh, Gyro Gearloose, um, Glomgold, yeah, and St. Pe Peter on the Darkwing episode, Dead Duck, Ed Gilbert, uh, Baloo, Baloo, and uh, the great and iconic Tony J. Um, Shere Khan, uh, Frollo from Hunchback, uh, he was Death on Darkwing Duck, uh, yeah, Tony J. I think he was on Mighty Ducks as well. I'm not sure which character that was, but I know he was on it. But we've lost a lot of them. But let's be thankful for the ones we still have. Um, and whenever we watch Darkwing or DuckTales or a Tailspin or if you want to watch We're Back, a Dinosaur Story or Tom and Jerry movie or Bonkers, 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 um, or Aladdin or whatever you feel like watching, just Think of these people and all the joy they've given us in our lifetimes. Like we're lucky to have these wonderful voice actors and actresses voicing these characters we love so much. I'm sure you agree. Absolutely. I mean, they've. I mean, again, I I come from a nostalgic uh, factor of uh, growing up. That's that's an important thing when you lend your voice to these these roles. You know. It's not just a visual thing. It's it's also something that, you know, you know, through through the art of sound and voice, you know, they breathe life into these characters and it sticks with you for for a long time. And that's why, you know, I would always, you know, s seek out uh, at the end of every credit scene uh, or a credit sequence from every show, you know, who was in there, who did that, you know, and I just try to puzzle together okay this this was that person because this was before internet and it's nice to know that i'm able to make those connections uh to to see who was a part of that because that was that was a major factor in in loving these shows and these characters yeah so to christine dana tino kenneth hamilton lorenzo and everybody else i mentioned rest in peace guys we love yes. you and your characters thank you so much for making our world a better place for sure. Um, so we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or just watch us on YouTube if you're so inclined to watch YouTube because you can actually subscribe to YouTube, you know, help our numbers go up by actually subscribing. Don't just watch, please. It helps us out a lot. Um, and we have communities on facebook on twitter on instagram and reddit so join any one of the communities you want whatever your poison is for uh, social media we're there and uh no shout outs tonight that's usually will's thing but um 
And the next episode, I know last week we heard um, Bill, no, Stan and Will review a Darkwing comic. Next week, for what I think might be our final bonus episode, Stan and Will will be doing another Darkwing comic. Uh, and then we should be getting back to the last three episodes of the show uh, Clash Reunion, Malice's Restaurant, and Mutants on the Bound. Uh, and uh, not Mutants, we did that one. An Extinct <laughs> Possibility, um, in which that's the episode with Johnny T Rex, voiced by the late Chick Manera. Um, but until then, Bill, once again, thank you for being on with me tonight. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. And uh, this probably may end up being my last appearance on the St. Canard file. So just let me say it's been fantastic. I love what you and Will have uh, created here. And uh, I hope that this boosts the, the not just the Darkwing Duck community, but the Disney Afternoon community. Because we need this stuff. We need it to stay alive. And pass the, hey, adults, pass this on to your kids because this this is important. <laughs> Well, have a great night, everybody, and happy 30th birthday, Darkwing Duck. Happy anniversary, Darkwing. (laughs) Good night. Stay dangerous. Take care.